into yet another episode of Morningside Hoops. Kyle, I would try to do all of these like alliterations with your name, like mm. always, but we have an extra co-host with we us. We do. So I don't think I can come up with like two different like alliterations and compliments and everything in one episode. No, so, but we can come up with for him. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So anyways, Olia Funchell here with Kyle Matrician. Kyle, let's um let's think of something for our well, co-host. The sensational. Ooh. Savvy. That's a good one. Uh. <laughs> Statistically gifted. Ooh, okay. These are all great. Can we say his name now? Yeah. Steve Merrill. Oh, the last one it was the S and a T too. Wow. Steve Merrill. Steve, the men's basketball sports information director. I can give you full title if you want, but I'll I'll let nah. you know. Yeah. That's that seems <laughs> it's just like a title. that seems like you know, people could use that for like identity theft or something. So that's extreme. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. How are you today? Thanks for having me. It's no, I'm, it is. I'm doing well. It it's is an, an honor, honor for us. Yeah, is it? Yeah. It's wow. an honor for it you, is. actually. No, it is. I mean, it's great to be here. It's an honor for everybody. <laughs> gearing up for another huge Ivy back-to-back home weekend. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. We bring Steve Merrill on this week because we are speaking to none other, Leah, than the two head coaches of the Columbia basketball programs, head coach Megan Griffith of the women's team and head coach Jim Angles of the men's team. And uh, Steve Merrill will be joining us for the interview with Coach Angles, uh, hopefully to provide some, I don't know, comic relief. I told him he's going to be like <laughs> Lugie on WFAN behind the glass or oh, yeah. all the other producers, audio engineers. I, you should have been the audio engineer because I'm sitting here with the soundboard and it would have been nice. Yeah. It's not my job. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> I mean, we give, we give him enough compliments every week. So it's about time that he, he makes an appearance because he does provide us with some great stats. He does. He does. Um, nuggets, as you like to call them, of information. Nuggies. So, nuggies. Yeah. Stevie Nuggies. Yes. So Appreciate that. Very. It's, it's fun because I feel like there's always a lot of staff members that are like, Oh, I should come on the podcast, and then we never have them on. So yeah, it's because we don't want them to be. Yeah, here. so they're this... just not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 wow! Okay. Look at those words. I've been here for like two minutes, and I'm causing all this. I know, ruckus. I know, I know, I know. But you know, you've also you're doing exactly what we want you to do: add a third voice. <laughs> yep. And add right. that comic. Re- add the punchline, Steve. You're the punchline guy. Yeah. You've okay. been the punchline guy. Okay. But uh, Steve, the men's basketball team, as you said, back-to-back. Well, actually, let's go over the whole schedule here because yeah, we're it's, in our it's intro. A, so it's a crazy We've got schedule. three home basketball games this weekend. The men's basketball team will kick it off Friday night at 7 p.m. right here, Schiller Court, Levy and Gymnasium, to take on Brown. Looking for a season sweep of Brown, Steve, for the first time since? 2016. And they just snapped a six-game losing streak to Brown. Um Two weeks ago. Nice. So. Yes, the Lions went on the road to Brown less than two weeks ago from the time that they will play them again and pretty much controlled the game from start to finish. Uh, defeated them 83-69, I yep. believe. Led the entire second half. <sighs> wow, I just pulled that out of thin air that right was there. Great. That was That was, <laughs> that was I impressive. Mean, <laughs> thank you. Considering all the other numbers you need to remember. Yeah, for there's a lot of numbers basketball. out there. I'm a numbers guy, though. Yeah, you are. I'm a numbers guy. And I'm not, so mm. that's why we work. But yes, the men's basketball team defeated Brown less than two weeks ago on the road, 83-69. They'll be looking for the season sweep over the Bears, like we said, for the first time since 2016, which I believe was the CIT championship season. Correct. Correct? Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then um, they will be. All right. So that's Friday night. Let me pause myself here. And then on Saturday, we have a home basketball doubleheader. The women's basketball team will be taking on Princeton, a battle of the reigning Ivy League co-champions. Schiller Court, Levy and Gymnasium, 2 p.m. That game will be... That game, folks, it's sold out. Um, Columbia needs to win that game. There's a lot, of, there's a lot, a lot, of, lot that has gone into that game. Mm-hmm. The Lions need to win in order to keep themselves alive for the second straight regular season championship. It is also senior night for the Lions, which includes number 35, Abby Shue, who over this past weekend at Dartmouth and Harvard became the all-time leading scorer in the history of Columbia basketball, passing Camille Zimmerman, who just set that record back in 2018, and now making me feel old because now I've been here for both, (laughs) Um, with 1,973 points. Abby Shue sits at 1,989 points. 1989, great year. Mm -hmm. Um, Heading into this weekend, she needs 11 to become the fourth player in Ivy League women's basketball history to score 2,000 career points. Wow. 
Uh, and I mean, you couldn't have scripted it any better. Senior night for Abby Shue going for 2000. Yep. Columbia looking to beat Princeton <clears throat> at home for the first time, I believe, since 2008. Because yep. last year they snapped the 27 game losing streak, but that was at Princeton. So they, you know, looking to snap the home losing streak now to the Tigers uh, here. So that's that game's at 2 p.m. That'll be the front end of the basketball doubleheader. And then at 6 p.m., Hold on to your seats because it's the Columbia men's basketball team. Let's just say it hopefully coming off a win Friday night against Brown, taking on the first place Yale Bulldogs. Uh, they and Aaliyah, it's it's going to be a little bit different because they played Brown a couple weeks ago, but they haven't played Yale since the start of the Ivy League mm-hmm. season. And uh, as Steve Merrill knows and has brought up to us, uh, the lines were without Geronimo Rubio De La Rosa, their leading scorer in that game. So, should be yeah it'll be there's a lot riding on these games and a lot of like really good storylines a lot of meaningful basketball to be played yeah so it's gonna be a great weekend i mean it's gonna be wild steve what are your thoughts on this huge weekend it's what you want though you want to be in this position to you know be able to enhance your chances of being in the final four spots um pressure's on right it'll be two big crowds pressure's on you pressure's on me yeah yeah you gotta perform True, true. Everyone plays a part, right? Yes. Staff, coaches, That's players, right. fans. Fans. The fans right? have to play their part. Need the fans. You calling to... out the fans? Is that what you're doing right now? No, I'm the, <laughs> I mean the fans were great last weekend. Yeah, big it was, crowds. It was a really good atmosphere. Yeah, and how good yeah. they were. You know, I mean, into it. And uh, there have been great crowds. I will say, I, I I would be interested to know the numbers for the men's and women's crowds combined. Like this season has mm-hmm. to be. It feels like every single game. There's almost 2,000 people there, no yeah. matter who's playing. No, very consistent because, I mean, obviously, we've come a long way from the cardboard cutouts from when I first oh started goodness. here. Yes. We had the most random cardboard cutouts. Um, did you have a cardboard cutout? I didn't, but uh, it was, I mean, like... It was your first year. Yeah, RBG had one, um, like Obama had one. Like, we had some celebrities up in here. Oh, if RBG um, and Obama had them, I can't believe that you didn't. <laughs> I know, right? Come on. <laughs> but I feel like, and then, like, the next season we saw, obviously, for the big games, a big crowd. But this has been the first year I think it's been just super consistent and mm-hmm. super huge crowds every game. Mm-hmm. It's New York City. And uh, a lot of people, myself included, it is a basketball town. Oh, yeah. And college basketball, this time of year, late February, getting into March, uh, it's an exciting time. So that being said, let's head to break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to speak with the women's coach, Megan Griffith, first. Uh, So stay tuned. At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. JAG Physical Therapy is proud to be the official in-network physical therapy provider for Columbia University Athletics. JAG Physical Therapy treats patients of all ages and abilities, including care for general orthopedic, sports, and musculoskeletal injuries, workers' compensation cases, and Medicare patients. With over 130 facilities throughout the New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania area, there is sure to be a location convenient for you. Get back the life you love with JAG Physical Therapy. For more information on the services they provide or to make an appointment, visit jagpt.com. That's jagpt.com. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Morningside Hoops podcast. Kyle Matrician joined by Aaliyah Funshell. And this week, as we said in our intro, we are speaking with the head coaches of the women's and men's basketball programs. And joining us first here for part one is the head coach of the women's program, Megan Griffith, in her eighth season at the helm, led the Lions to the their first ever Ivy League championship last year. And they have a big game this Saturday to see if they can uh, potentially get their second Ivy League championship in as many seasons. So, Coach, appreciate you joining us. I'm very excited to be here. Let's go. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I don't know where you're, you're going with oh, this because you have some nuggets. I have some so nuggets. I don't know if we're I have some nuggets, Aaliyah, But no, what did you have? Did you have something first? No, not really. I'm just excited to talk to you um, and hear from you. And I feel like it's been a, a busy season. So mm-hmm. I'm just excited. Yeah. All right, coach. Let's start with the nuggets Let's that I teased before we got on. <laughs> 
This will be your 200th career game as head coach on Saturday. Wow. Fun little nugget. That is a fun one. Fun little nugget. Uh, 117 wins, and then, oh, I should have saved it on this page, but um, I believe over the last three seasons now, a combined 33-5 and Ivy League record heading into this Saturday. What does that, I mean, I just threw a lot at you, mm -hmm. so... What does that all mean to you at this stage in your career? Well, I love numbers. So <laughs> yes. that was that's a good start. But yeah, it's hard it's hard to believe, honestly, that I'm in my eighth season back here at Columbia. It's been a really interesting journey in amazing the ups and the downs and everything in between. And just I'm really I'm really excited to see where we can continue to grow because I think specifically this team, you know, not just talking about all of the wins and losses, but like this team, I think still has a lot of room in a high ceiling to to even show everybody that they can reach. So I'm, I'm just excited about the next game and then the next game after that and finishing this strong uh, regular conference season before we head into the Ivy League tournament. Nice. And uh, this Saturday is the type of games that you live to play for. Uh, Columbia, 18-5, and 9-1 and in the league, taking on the reigning co-champions Princeton, 20-3, and 10-0 and in the league. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts just on, you know, trying to keep everybody focused without kind of, I, I remember a couple times last year, you said it was like we were, it's like we were almost too ready or you said mm -hmm. we were too pumped up for the start yeah. of the game, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. how have you learned to like manage that heading into a week like this where it's like, you, everybody knows what's on the line. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's the thing is like I, this team doesn't need to get amped up for this game. They don't need to know what we're going to see. Like we know this team. We, we know this team very well. They know us very well. Uh, I think that we just have to keep our heads about us and, and execute our game plan. You know, I think it's like whichever team can do that is going to win the game and it's going to be a dogfight. You know, like we're going to, you're going to see a lot of bodies flying around, a lot of physicality, uh, but we're ready for that. You know, I'm, that's what that's what we're expecting to get from from these guys. So I'm excited. I think our team is really excited. You know, it's our final home game of this conference stretch. And, um, you know, I think you're like I said, you're going to see a really exciting game on Saturday. Knowing that you host the Ivy League tournament this year, mm -hmm. does that make this home game against Princeton feel any different? Or for you, does it feel just the same as it has the last few years because it's always been such a big game? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I think every home game, though, I've felt like another, okay, you know, we're getting ready for the tournament. So I think this is just the last one before, you know, that test comes. But you know, I really believe that preparation builds confidence, and I feel like this team has prepared really well. My staff has done a phenomenal job preparing our team for these moments. So, you know, we've we scheduled with the intent of winning an Ivy League championship at home, right? So, you know, getting to play in front of our fans, in front of Duke, you know, in front of Villanova, in front of Memphis, all these teams that we schedule in the non-conference. Um, this is just the next one that we get to battle, out, battle with, you know, before the Ivy tournament. And speaking of home games, uh. The Lions 13-1 and one at home this season mm -hmm. on a 12-game home winning streak, the longest home winning streak in program history, including wins over Seton Hall, Providence, Villanova, Memphis, outscoring opponents by 18.9 points per game at home, holding opponents to less than 60 points per game at home, out-rebounding opponents by more than 10 points per game at home. And like, like I just said, some of the teams I just mentioned, power conference teams that you've beaten, mm -hmm. what has this community and this crowd done to make this feel like such a tough environment for opposing teams to play in? Mm -hmm. Well, they come, like they show up, right? That's, that's what I love about Columbia and our campus community and our greater community outside the campus is that they come and they consistently come over the last two to three seasons. And I know this gym's gonna be rocking on Saturday, like 1000%. And they, they don't just come for the, the big game, right? They've been no. coming all year long. Oh yeah. And the consistency in that has built an environment for this program where our players anticipate that, they feel it, they feed off that energy, and it's truly like the sixth player for us on the court. So I love it. I mean, I love our fans. You know, big shout out to all you guys out there listening. Uh, we, we just can't wait to have you, you know, behind us for this next game and then, you know, what's to come in the tournament. And I was just saying that I believe on the trip I was talking to Tavon about it when we were on the trip. Shout yeah. out to Tavon, by the way, with Great all the content that he yeah. puts together. So good. Uh, I'm going to shout him out. I mean, he put together the intro video this year for yeah. the women's it basketball gives me chills. team. I love it. Every so time, much. every time uh, the team has a good has a win. He was on the road this weekend, like I said, at Harvard and Dartmouth. Every they do like a Instagram reel after every game, mm -hmm. and Tavon puts those together. And I actually told him that uh, the post Dartmouth win 
for me, just personally, you know, like every video hits everybody a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And I just told him the post Dartmouth win for me, it just like, I was like, that felt like a, for me, that's like a top three Tavon mm-hmm. Real for me. I just love felt like I, with whatever, just like all the little moments in that oh, video. Yeah. I just love, well, one, his energy is just amazing for this program, especially when sports are always so amped up. He is the most calm person ever. He'll really bring you down to earth. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, but just seeing his creative process, like you can see the wheels just turning in his mind when we're at a game. So yeah, he's Great guy, great guy. Great. I know. He has so many sayings, man. We're just turning this to a Tavon podcast. <laughs> yeah. He has so many sayings. You got to bring him on here, maybe. Oh, next. my <laughs> God. That would be incredible. We'll drop so much knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> that would be maybe our most listened to podcast. Uh, some of his sayings, I mean, they just make me laugh so much. And one of the ones that he always says, and he didn't even say it to me this weekend, but I had to go. And I said, like somebody I know says, I have to dip like a chip. Because uh-huh. that is a Tavon. That's a Tavon. That is a Tavon saying. That is a Tavon saying. All right. Going back to the basketball. <laughs> Tavon, we love you. Uh, going back to the basketball, um, it's also, we haven't talked about it. We've talked about all this uh, hype leading into Saturday's game against Princeton, but it is also senior night for yep. Abby Shue, Paige Lauder, Nikki, Nicole Stevens, uh, the senior class. What have they meant to you? Uh, in this program over these last you know it's weird because they're not all in the same class right because Abby got here in 2019-20 it's very well known that she took a gap year in 2020 to save her Ivy League eligibility Mm -hmm. so she could play four years at Columbia and then uh, Nikki and Paige their freshman year was the Mm 2020-21 season so only three full seasons but I mean what has this class meant to you Mm -hmm. uh, in general and what they've done to just completely turn this into a championship program Mm -hmm. well you know Coming off the coattails of last year's class, who also wasn't all the same class, right? We had those gap years. We had mm-hmm. five, pl- four players in that class reclassify. I think those three classes, if you can look at them, and then with this class on the on the end of them, uh, it's been these are the kids that changed the program. Yeah. Like they've changed the culture. They've changed the the way we do things, how we do things, how we interact with our campus community. And I would say the consistency that Abby, Nicole, and Paige have brought since day one of all of their journeys when they started at separate times has been has been really unique. I don't I just don't see that from young people. You know, Abby was from the minute she stepped into the gym, the hardest worker, the first winning sprints, the first to show up and, and like be in a line for something for a drill. Uh, Nicole you know, she's like wanted to be a basketball coach. Like Nicole was always picking my brain, the staff's brains about like why we do things, how we do things. Hey coach, have you thought about doing this? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's a great idea, you know? Mm -hmm. And then Paige was just so, her energy is contagious and infectious. And I think she's been that since day one, like eager, whatever you need, consummate teammate. Um, So they've each brought something different, but the consistency to which they've brought those things has been, has been the separator. I mean, and and going, I agree with all of that, but going Mm -hmm. back to Abby, I mean, just etching herself in all of these record books and and leading, you know, Mm -hmm. now Columbia all-time scoring, just can you speak on her legacy and and things maybe not even just on the court she's done, but like the legacy she's leaving off the court and just Mm -hmm. overall in the program? Yeah, it's so hard to like put that into words, right? Because she's just done so many things. I mean, she's Mm -hmm. like constantly breaking a record or you know, changing some young person's life or like being a role model for somebody. Uh, or, you know, I just think she, the, the trajectory of our program, it's not a coincidence that it has grown as with her growth. Mm-hmm. And I think that is her legacy is like, she can look back and say that she came here and did what she wanted to do. And, you know, I think that journey is not finished. You know, she was the first person to say after she broke the scoring record, like I'm not done, like mm-hmm. we're not done. Right. So yeah, I just I, I just think for her she's she's a glass half full kid, but she's also, you know, has has these goals and these dreams and and that is how she wants to leave this place. You know, it's way better than she found it. Mm-hmm. And something that I've really enjoyed watching her this season is her defense. Oh, I know yeah. at the beginning of the season you said you challenged her to be defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. So, how have you seen her evolve um defensively and just things other than scoring? Yeah, well she's you know, she's become a two-way player and I told her that like if you want to go do the things you say you want to do, you want to play, be a pro, you want to play at the next level, you want to continue this career, I'm like, you're going to have to understand what it takes on both ends. And you are you have the athleticism, you have the size, you have worked hard on your body to get the strength. I was like, this is now the time to show it. Like, you, But you got you to gotta care as much about that as scoring points. You oh, know? Yeah. And I think as for any scorer, that's a really hard thing to like understand and wrap your head around because they can be so maniacal about missing and making shots, right? So... She's really done a, you know, a lot of hard work on shifting her focus completely to have her defense really 
ignite her offense. Oh, yeah. And uh, to that point, I do want to bring up top right now, just that, I mean, actually tied for 10th in the league in steals per game. Wow. Uh, top 10 in the league in total block shots per game. She's been top five in the league all year long in rebounding. Right now, she's fourth at 7.1. So I just wanted to like hammer home that point of challenging mm-hmm. her to be defensive player of the year and focus on other parts of her game. Like, the numbers show it as well. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, she. I mean, she's constantly doing the the little things for our team. You know, we do something. We track our edge stats, right? Edge is our internal theme. We talk about it all the time, but we we track these stats that don't show up in the box score. Mm-hmm. And you know, she's consistently in the top one, two, three every game. You know, every week of practice. Yeah. And that was something Caitlin Davis did for us. You know, in the past, Kitty Henderson. You know, but I think Abby has really made a consistent and focused effort to be the best on both ends of the basketball floor. I love that. And then also to that point, though, in a game like last week at Harvard mm-hmm. where maybe she isn't getting some of the shots she wants to see, seeing people like Cecilia Collins step up, like, yep. can you just talk about the depth of this team? I mean, we talk about it a lot, but coming from you, just you know, being able to count on any one of your players just to have a breakout mm-hmm. performance or, or really get the job done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's that's the beauty of a real basketball team, right, is that there's depth there's somebody, hey, next person up, you know, this is, you know, this is what a team is trying to take away. All right, we're going to, we're going to go get you this way. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, obviously Kitty with the first two minutes of the game getting two fouls and then Abby, um, you know, kind of having to battle through a lot of physicality and, you know, getting fouled and all that, you know, I think she was like, okay, you know, what? I'm going to be a great screener for my team. And like, mm-hmm. she's going to make the pass for the great play to Susie on the duck in, you know, like she's, I think she's just understanding, like it doesn't, I don't have to be the person every single day. Yeah. I'm going to get mine still, but I can make sure that I'm, I'm facilitating and helping my teammates have confidence in those moments, which mm-hmm. again, the mark, a hallmark of a great team. Oh yeah. And Ali, you pretty much asked what I was going to ask next, which was <laughs> people know the Abbeys and yeah. the kitties and this, you know, Cecilia Collins yeah. now, uh, even though it's her first year here, but I feel like she's really established herself as one of the stars of the team. <laughs> On and off the court. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. oh my God. Big personality. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Um, but who, and you kind of talked about it a little bit there, kind of more generally as a group. And I have some people in mind, but I want to hear from you first. But like, who have those people been for you that have kind of just made that step up this year where like in years past, they haven't had to have as big of a role. Yep. And now that we've gotten into Ivy League playing, we've gotten into the, you know, the big part of the year, like they're starting to show, they're starting yeah. to step up for you. Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, one thing I'm, I love about this team and my staff is that we always say like how good we are is not going to matter with how good Abby and Kitty are. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're not, that's not going to matter. How good we are is going to matter if 12, 13, 14 can be good. Right. And so, I think the person, the most unsung hero of our team is Nicole Stevens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, She was one of my two. Yeah. You know, she has absolutely become such a staple of what we do. She builds confidence in her teammates. They've seen it too. I mean, like they know Nikki's always one of the hardest workers in the gym. She's just been plagued by injuries her entire career. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's worked really hard to get her to a spot where she's healthy and she can, you know, deliver for us and perform and trust her body of work. And I think the game, you know, because of all the, tumultuous ins and outs she's had it's slowed down for her you know she literally was assistant coach last year like so she's just understanding and reading the game at a different level so um, i've been really happy for her um you know and then i would say too you know there's two other players that come to mind perry page and Susie raffios who have really stepped up in my opinion you know perry coming off of that acl injury it's almost been about it's been a little bit over a year now yeah yeah and that's typically when things start clicking for athletes again. Mm-hmm. You know, you you come back eight months, nine months, whatever it is with your doctor's protocol. But it's there's a grind that you have to go like the physicality, the the you know the every day. Like you just you don't do that in ACL rehab because you can't do it in ACL mm-hmm. rehab. Mm-hmm. So I think Perry's starting to find her footing, and it's 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 been really exciting to watch because you know she's she's better than she was, and you know with Susie. Um, who barely played at all last year. Um, really, you know, she also came off an ACL injury before she even came to college and, you know, had to get herself right mentally, physically, emotionally, and has done a lot of work on that so that she can be performing the way she does. But, ooh, she is scary. I'm telling you, she's going to be good. Um, and I knew, we knew that, you know, when we were recruiting her. It was just a matter of her allowing her herself to get there. It's been the hair change, really. 
Oh yeah, that's what that's what she said on the podcast. Yeah, we had her on the podcast. <laughs> Personality <laughs> shift is that? No, like the, she changed her hair. Like what was that? A few weeks yeah, ago, and yeah. then all of a sudden it was like she kind of went from like baby Sue's, like oh I'm Susie, and now it's like I'm Susie. Yeah, that's that's, what they, <laughs> that's like a direct quote from from, from their podcast. Okay, so yeah. She, who'd she yeah. come on with, Paige? Paige Law. Yeah, so yeah. that was that was yeah. their doing. Yeah, Paige had uh, Sketty had some really cool things to say about Susie in yeah. that podcast too. Um, but yeah, no. Not, not coincidentally, the players you mentioned, uh, Susie, on Sunday at Harvard, I yep. mean, all of a sudden, just blocking everybody's shot. Mm-hmm. I think she had three in, she had three in the second, well, two yeah. in the second quarter, one in the first quarter. One was a really nice, like, highlight-worthy style block, that yeah. I mm-hmm. think. Uh, and then uh, Nicole Stevens, really all year, to your point, I mean, I always feel like it's like I'm looking down at the table doing what I'm doing, and then all of a sudden I hear a whistle and I hear the bench go crazy, and I know a charge just happened, and I'm like, it was Nikki. <laughs> and then I look up, and it was Nikki. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. So, um, yeah, to your point, uh, those those have been the individuals that have been stepping up the last the last couple weekends, and you mm-hmm. know, um, all right, last little uh, fun numbers nugget I have for right. you. <laughs> uh, entering Ivy League play, this is really deep into the numbers, okay. by the way. Like, <laughs> just it. mentally prepare yourself. Love that. Um, entering Ivy League play, so through non-conference season, we were 217th in the NCAA in free throws made and 223rd in free throw attempts per game. Yes. <laughs> now, with all games combined... Columbia leads the Ivy League in free throws made and attempted per game. In Ivy League play, they're averaging 13 makes and 18 and a half attempts. And last weekend at Harvard and Dartmouth, when a combined 36 for 54, which I know you want that percentage to be better. Oh, yeah. But 54 total attempts last yeah. weekend. I mean, has that been a point of emphasis for you going into Ivy League play about getting to the foul line more and drawing the fouls and, you know, keeping yourself in games when maybe the shots aren't going down? Definitely. Definitely. We've our staff's harped on that a lot is having our team when we're doing drills, when we're gosh, we're so good at spraying the ball out. And I'm like, that's great because that's pretty basketball. But it's like we need to be like running it down your throat, getting to the free throw line, especially if like we've empty possessions. You know, that's something our team's very aware of is, you know, when we go two, three empty possessions in a row, like we it's we need the best possible shot we can get, which is getting to the free throw line. Right. So that's an that's an open layup, get into the free throw line, or we say like an in and out three. Um, but those first two are the priority. And I think our team is really starting to understand why that is so important. And we just, we're so versatile. We have so many mismatches on the court that also understanding where the mismatch is and picking on that. Mm -hmm. You can just like, we've grown so much in that area since, since the non-conference. So, uh, I've been, you know, really proud again of my staff and, and my team for really buying into those and those concepts. And, uh, before we let you go here, I know a lot of times people like to ask, you know, what are the keys to victory in a big mm-hmm. matchup and stuff like that? But instead of asking about the keys to victory, I want to ask you, win or lose, yep. what are two, three things, it doesn't have to be a number specific, yep. but just things that come to mind that you want to see where you say, we had a good game if we can do this mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. Princeton on Saturday? Yeah, I would say the three things that come to mind, win the 50-50 battle, right? Okay. So like that's just the toughness battle, yep. right? Um, other one is, can we be sound in our ball screen coverage? I think that's something that we weren't very good at in the last game. We also, I think, has been paying a lot of attention to that recently. Um, and the last part too is is like, can we really truly get the shots that we want? You know, be that in out attack. So um, if we can execute all three of those things, I'll be really happy because that will also show me like the team was locked into the game plan. Yeah, it's not just about are we going to beat them or like, are we going to hit a bunch of threes? Like we don't need to be gimmicky like that to be a team like this. It's, it's more about, can we handle business the way that we say we want to? Nice. And, uh, going back to our point well, real quick, uh, because I wanted to bring this up before and we kind of chop topics, but, uh, playing in front of what we anticipate will be a sold out or close to mm-hmm. sold out crowd on Saturday against Princeton. This team's played in front of big crowds all year. Oh yeah. So how much, I, I feel like when we first came back from COVID, uh-huh. y- y- your team specifically provided uh, people on campus, people in the community with this event to go to when they've been cooped up for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And a great product on the basketball court to come out to. And then it was almost kind of shocking to the team to play in front of all these people because they've been isolated, Mm -hmm. right? And now this year, I mean, I think overall the best attendance, like it just keeps growing Mm -hmm. every year, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Not only only for the Ivy League games, but for the non-conference games. And it doesn't even have to do with the opponent all the time, even though I know we've played Duke and Seton Hall at home, and those are obviously going to draw 
big crowds and Villanova, which is going to draw a big crowd. But we've had other games at home against Northeastern, against, you know, teams that aren't as, uh, you know, for a, mar- a marketing perspective as like sellable yeah. to, to the general audience. But it's in every game, even in those non-conference, 1,000, 1,500 people, yep. you know, over 2,000 for most Ivy League games. So mm-hmm. that's got to prepare the team for a game like this because it just won't be shocking to them anymore to Definitely. play in front of a crowd like this. Yeah, no, it's, that was intentional, you know. It's like yeah. we knew coming off last year the, with the momentum of this program, with the way the community has embraced us and wrapped their arms around us. You know, we sold out in season tickets. We doubled our season ticket sales yeah. in like 48 hours, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I knew what we were doing. You know, we knew what we were doing. And I was like, I want to play at home every game if we can in the non-conference because I want our team and our fans to get used to this feeling and get used to playing in this environment. So, yeah, we they're ready. That's The, the fans, that's more of a plus and less of a, oh, we're playing in front of people now. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. was that was more of a last two-year thing, you know, but this year they're, they're ready for it. Awesome. Well, Coach, we really appreciate you taking the time to come join us on the podcast this week. Uh, head coach Megan Griffith, the Lions, 18-5, and 9-1 and one in the Ivy League. They take on the Princeton Tigers this Saturday, 2 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. But we hope you're joining us uh, here. You can get your tickets at GoColumbiaLions.com slash tickets. Or you can call the ticket office at 888-LIONS-11. Once again, Coach, really appreciate the time and uh, good luck on Saturday. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Leah. Let's go. New York Presbyterian Hospital is one of the nation's most comprehensive, integrated academic health care delivery systems dedicated to providing the highest quality, most compassionate care and service to patients in the New York metropolitan area nationally and throughout the globe. New York Presbyterian is consistently recognized as a leader in medical education, groundbreaking research, and innovative patient-centered clinical care. Ranked number one in the New York metropolitan area by U.S. News and World Report and repeatedly named to the honor roll of America's best hospitals, New York Presbyterian has 10 locations in the metropolitan area. For more information, visit nyp.org today. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Morningside Hoops podcast. Kyle Matrician, Aliyah Funshell here with you. And now we are joined by the head coach of the men's basketball team, Jim Angles. Jim, really appreciate you coming in this week to talk to us. How's everything? Great. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Um, I did say I had a surprise for you before you came on. So I don't know if you know this, but last week we interviewed Jaden Cooper on this podcast. He did great. And he's, and you know, so we're taking full credit for his 26 points. I hope you're okay with that. (laughs) We got to get him back on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So I think you're, it's you who's going to have a great game this weekend. We're feeling it. Oh, okay. We're feeling it. <laughs> uh, hopefully I can get 25. <laughs> 25. <laughs> I don't know if it matters that much for me. Uh, but uh, like we said, Jim Angles here joining us. Jim, we really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, two, obviously all games are big this time of year. I feel like we always say big game coming up this weekend, but all games this year are big. The Lions currently tied for fourth place at all important fourth spot in the Ivy League standings. With Harvard, the top four obviously advanced to the Ivy League tournament, which will be hosted right here at Levian Gymnasium, March 15th to the 17th. Uh, Coach, a lot to talk about, a lot going on this weekend. Uh, Always shout out our boy Steve Merrill here, who provides us with all the nuggets as we talk to all your players and you this week. Uh, Friday night versus Brown, 7 p.m., International Students' Night. Uh, One student, Jim, will win a $250 Strokos gift card. All right. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Saturday versus Yale at 6 p.m. is Heroes' Night. Uh, and we just want to plug that because all active military veterans, members of the FDNY, NYPD can receive complimentary tickets v- via the Heroes program. So we just want to make sure all our listeners are aware of that. And also on Saturday, the first 250 students will receive a free T-shirt and one student will go home, Aaliyah, with a JBL speaker. Wow. We'd love to give those away. Yeah, big time. We do. Those are big. Those are big. But let's get into the nuggets for this weekend. Like we said, Friday, Brown, 7 p.m. Saturday, Yale, 6 p.m. Coach, your team is right in the thick of the Ivy League tournament chase. So uh, let's just start with that for you. Uh, you know, give us the general vibe uh, this week going into a back-to-back Ivy League, traditional back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, it's very exciting time for the guys. Guys have done a great job this year putting themselves in a position to, uh, you know, play some meaningful games here at the end. And, you know, really excited about the progress that we've made as a program. And, um, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, all these games are big games. So we're just focused on Friday night's game to start. But, um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a good time for these guys. And I'm excited to, to sort of see how they've, they've been able to progress over the, the past couple of years. 
And speaking of their progression over the past couple of years, I mean, your program has had such incredible moments this year, right? And I think everybody who follows the program can see the turn happening this year, right? So how has that been for you personally getting to this moment with your program where not only you can see it, because I'm sure obviously you're in it, obviously, every single day, but where I'm I'm sure people come up to you and they they say the same thing to you where you know, they can see the turn and there's there's this like growing vibe around the men's basketball program within the campus community. Yeah, I, you know, I, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. It's, um, you know, these guys have been able to mature over the last couple of years and it's sort of been a natural progression for, I think, where we've gotten. You know, there's obviously different stages as to where we're trying to, with the growth that we're looking at. And um, so, no, for, for me, from a personal standpoint, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just really just been trying to keep the, these guys focused on what, they can accomplish and the development that they were sort of the potential that they had and the potential that they do have. And I think my staff has done a really good job with that. And, um, you know, I think it started with that European trip. I thought it was just a great culture build for us and having a chance to sort of have those preseason practices to work on some things and actually play some games. I thought the games were very meaningful. So, um, you know, we've, it's, it's been a, it's been a, um, it's been very rewarding as a coach to see the guys sort of develop. And we hadn't really had the chance to talk to you about, obviously, on this podcast for our podcast listening audience about that European trip. So if I can jog your memory back to August, I know that might be kind of difficult. <laughs> uh, but you guys went on that European trip for about two weeks almost to uh, Italy and Switzerland, correct? Correct. Um, what was a moment for you? Uh, we'll kind of hit on two different sector, sec- sections here. Uh, what was a moment for you that stood out? Uh, from a team standpoint on that trip, if you can, I know I'm kind of jogging your memory back however long. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it, it was just good having, uh, just the, the five practices that you're allowed to have before you go on the trip. So it was just good to get everybody back and, um, just put them on the court and you, there's no academic restrictions. There's no academic stresses and, you know, there's no anxiety for the kids that making sure they had to get to class and, and making sure that, uh, you know, they could just focus solely on basketball. Um, and it was fun because we, we, we had a lot of, we invited a lot of people to come by and watch and, um, with a lot of people that did come and watch us, uh, you know, now and talking to them as they've gone through the season, um, you know, they've seen the progress of the team and it's stuff that we can sort of positively sort of, um, reinforce with our guys as we've gone through this. We actually watched one, our first game against the professional team in Switzerland, um, and we compared and contrast. Uh, so it was very, very funny to hear the guys laugh and see what they look like in that first half <laughs> and how they look now. So um, it was a very rewarding experience along those lines, because if you couldn't do that, you know, you can't you get two scrimmages. Right. And those scrimmages are very important because uh, you really do have to prepare for the games, meaning you have to have an idea of what you're trying to accomplish on those trips. You, you can just play everybody freely. And there really is no th- there's no like. Uh, there's no negative uh, repercussions if you lose the game or there's no negative repercussions if you don't play well. So you're able to play everybody. And it's funny uh, with that trip, it was uh, like Jaden Cooper and Noah Robledo really probably had the the best trip of any of our team members. So um, you can see by those guys playing that way over the course of the summer that, you know, where they've gotten to now today was we were able to gain some trust level with them. And I thought it was really a good start for those guys as well. That's awesome to hear. And then for you as a human being, because obviously (laughs) I feel like, Whenever it's hard when you like work in college sports, everybody thinks of you as like, oh, the best basketball coach, basketball coach. But for for you as a human being on this trip, what was like a personal moment where you saw something really cool that like you'll never forget or just somewhere you've never been? Um, yeah, I mean, this, these trips are really it's it's unfortunate. You, you should be. Uh, I would love to see the NCAA allow. First of all, it, you know, we, it was unfortunate our freshmen didn't have the chance to because of Ivy league rules or weren't allowed to sort of participate. So I really would love to see that change for our guys, even if they didn't play, if they were just able to be on the trip, it would really be impactful for them just to sort of be around the team and see what to expect. Um, And honestly, I'd love to see them be able to do it every, every year, you know, rather than, rather than every four years, why can't we do it every year? You know, I I think, um, you know, especially in a non-academic environment, um, you know, it's really, it becomes such an important team building and culture building aspect of everything, because again, you're, it's, it's, it's so educational in so many different ways. Um, it's not just about the sports aspect of it. And, you know, I would love to see all the teams have the opportunity to do that because as a coach, for me personally, 
it was really just about the whole trip. I don't really remember anything. I do remember one time um, we had just had dinner in Switzerland. We walked to the, to this unbelievable restaurant. It was overlooking Lake Geneva. And, um, and I said, I just wanted to sort of take a picture of the guys and I took a picture and I have to admit it was an amazing photo. And everybody was like, wow, you're really, really good at taking pictures. And, I was, and that's the one thing that stood for me. I was like, maybe I have a talent that I, you know, I should take more pictures. So that was really the fun aspect of it for me, just to be able to see the guys say some of those things and to sort of experience it that way. That's awesome. Steve, do you need a photographer at the game this weekend? Or? <laughs> Never hurts. Never hurts no? to have. We can always we could, use we could, uh, Jim, we could give you a camera on the bench. Maybe we could I go mean, uh, Instagram live. A lot, of it had to the do, a lot of it had to do with the lighting and the actual lake, I think. Yeah. So unless you can put I'm, – I'm probably better in scenic – um, scenarios okay. rather than just sports scenarios. I mean, Lovey and Jim's pretty scenic. <laughs> yeah, I it guess. is. Yeah. Not compared to Lake Geneva. No, no, no. 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 different no. ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Different oh, yeah. ends of the yeah, spectrum. Oh uh, no, but that's awesome to hear, Coach. Uh, I'm glad you kind of had a moment there, and I'm sure you've had several other moments because I'm just kind of jogging your memory right now that where. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, one really of the, cool the, for you. One of the other things too that these trips is, um, you know, just to see that you know when you have the administration on the trip and you have all the different people uh, that come with you. Um, you know, it's, it's a pretty, it's, it's fun to see the different interactions. Um, you know, one of the things that made me laugh was after one of our games in Italy, we were in a small town and the people are just amazing. And, um, they invited us to their community pool after the game to eat. (laughs) And when you play in these gyms, it's really, it's 115, 120 degrees. It's not very healthy. No. It's very, very hot. It's very warm. There's no air conditioning. And Italy at the time was probably going through one of their hottest, I think, on on record, their hottest temperature um, ranges on record. So we played and we went over to the community pool and all the guys just like jumped right in, and, mm-hmm. you know. And so I I was sitting there and I didn't have any. I just had my coaching shorts on, so I I didn't have anything to change into. And then um, they decided to have races, and um, our AD Peter <laughs> Pelling jumped into the pool. Oh my, oh gosh. my gosh, Steve, was, do you have this on video? I don't know because he caught us by surprise. <laughs> I don't think anyone would expect that no. from him. And and Alex Espana, one of our deans, both jump in and they were involved in the relay races. Wow! <laughs> so That's Peter, amazing. P- Peter Pilling was involved in the re- re- relay races. They, they they actually Peter has some swimming technique. Yeah. Should, yes. You know I. I think he didn't he just record something like last year, the year before, where he jumped into the pool off the high dive or the I th- low dive. I think so. I don't it had know. something to do with. Oh, gosh, now I'm trying to jog my own memory. <laughs> it had something to do with one of the teams winning an Ivy League championship or something. And he said if they did that, he would jump into the pool and re-recorded it. That's I, I think awesome. I believe that now. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. He's a pool guy. He, he was actually pretty guy. good. Yeah. So I was very impressed by that. That's definitely that's something awesome. from a non-team standpoint that stood out. So. <laughs> Aaliyah, we have to have him on and have him talk about yes, it. Yes, we do. That That's groundbreaking we information. Do. We do. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess I would kind of segue this, like having the guys on and asking them about the trip and just the overall culture of the team. Something that I've realized, you know, in, in covering the team the last few years to now is um, just how unselfish they've been this year and accepting their own roles, whether it's coming off the bench and that proves like to be true with the bench points averaging what 29.6 points on my next point but yeah, I love points that. per game. But um, what have you seen from the team this year? Just being unselfish and accepting their own individual roles and how they can contribute. Yeah. And that's an awesome question. And I appreciate that because that's really what we've tried to build to, um, you know, over the last couple of years, we legitimately have been trying just to get these guys to understand the experience of what this basketball is, but at the level of basketball that they need to play at and be competitive. Um, so, you know, in the case of Jaden Cooper's class, you know, they came in and they were just thrown right into it, you know, and then um, last year we had those, those, our sophomore class was thrown right into it. So um, they've been able to sort of experience it. And I think we've always, uh, the, the great thing about these guys is they, they really listen and they're trying to learn and they're, they really are trying to improve and develop in all these different ways. But um, until you can really get them into it and experience it as a group, you know, it's very hard for them to understand. Like they have been, everything they've shown is to be unselfish and sacrifice, but to do it in a game, um, it's just not the natural progression for some of these kids when they come from high school to college. They don't mm-hmm. understand, they, they don't understand the stresses and they don't understand the importance of every little possession and everything they do. So now, um, you know, after having these guys on the court over the last couple of years and, 
you know, going through some of the challenges we've had. And the challenges have been just from a record standpoint. They really haven't mm-hmm. done anything behind the scenes. Like the guys have done everything they're supposed to do behind the scenes. They've practiced hard. They've sacrificed. They've learned how to, to understand um, the team first environment that we've tried to build. And now you're just seeing that the natural development progression of what young kids grow into. So I appreciate you saying that because that's why I'm so excited and so happy with the product that's out there on the court right now, because we do share the ball. Um, the guys play very well together. Um, you know, they all are extremely competitive and they all want to be the best player on the team, but they've been able to understand how to put their talents together. And I think that's why we've been, been pretty good this year and we've been very competitive. And that's why I'm excited because as they continue to grow and get older, the, the talent will start to come out even more and the comfortability of what they're trying to do will come out even more. So there's a lot more potential with the guys and that's what we're trying to get them to understand right now. The development now is, um, it was getting them to understand how hard it is to be competitive. And now, honestly, it's getting them to, to understand how hard it is to, to, you know, to be a championship level program, to go, to take the next step, to win, to win a championship. And that's something that's, that we're experiencing right now. And just adding on to that point, Aliyah and coach, uh, Columbia, 29.27 bench points per game this season, 16th as it stands right at this very moment today that we're recording in the country, tied for 16th, I should say, with Kentucky, wow. with the SEC. So that's a really... I didn't, I, didn't understand. I didn't realize that, so that's a good stat to know. Yeah. So let's get into the nuts and bolts uh for this weekend coach uh like we talked about brown on friday night yale on saturday night uh you're seeing both of these teams for the second time this season in your first trip to brown which was only a few weeks ago uh you guys honest really controlled the game uh from start to finish it really felt like uh the second half we're playing with the lead pretty much the whole way i think and uh, really, we're in control of that game. What was really funny is uh, we were watching. There was a whole group of us watching that game. And you were part of that, too, mm-hmm. Aaliyah, in the uh, Lisa Carnoy Lounge because it was the same weekend as the Ivy League fencing championships. And so there was, you know, obviously we were hosting that. And in a levy and gym was a fencing arena for two days. <laughs> and uh, so we were all in the Lisa Carnoy Lounge, like during the matches in between the matches. And we had uh, we had the game on and it, it was extremely impressive. Uh, to see the Lions go on the road and really dominate a game from start to finish like that. So, Brown Friday night, Coach, what do you want to see first from the team uh, against the Bears in round two? Yeah, so I, I think we're at the point, you know, just from a prep standpoint, going through the league a second time. Um, you know, Brown was Brown has got two all-league caliber players in Keno Lilly and, and Nana. And, um, you know, they are they were picked pretty high there. I believe they were picked fourth to start the season. So, um they have been in every game and they've played extremely well. So when we went up there the first game, um, you know, we were trying to, we, I believe we had played Harvard and Dartmouth on the road uh, before that. Mm -hmm. And um, we went into the game and uh, you know, I thought we played well on the road, you know, just playing on the road in this league is extremely challenging. So, you know, I was happy with how we responded on the road and now it's just going to be a different, you know, obviously we're at home, um, you know, you want to be at home to play, but you know, our guys got to understand that they have to be a little bit different in a better way um, in order to, to sort of take this next game and to, you know, to continue to be competitive. So, um, you know, there's just a lot of little things that we have to improve upon, but we have to stay with what we've been doing. We have to share the ball. Um, we have to get contributions from everybody up and down the uh, roster offensively. Um, we do have to rebound. You know, they're a very athletic team. We, we have to make sure that we rebound with them. And I thought we did a decent job of that in the first game. And then obviously we just can't let uh, Kino and Nana just sort of affect the game individually. So um, it's not so much doing a lot of different things for us, but it's just focusing and trying to improve and fine tune some of the things that we that we did in the first game. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you're going to see a Yale team on Saturday. I and mean, Brown, you haven't played in two weeks. Yeah, two right, weeks right. from the time you played them last, not even. And then you're going to see a Yale team that you haven't seen in six weeks, right? Right. Um, and that was, I believe, your second Ivy League game of the season. It was a very, I mean, Ali and I have talked about this on separate episodes. I mean, just a grueling start to the Ivy League schedule, having to go to Cornell, to Yale, and then your first home game come against a team that went to the Sweet 16 last year in Princeton. Uh, so it's been amazing to see, you know, the Lions win, was it four of six, four yeah. or five after that? Um, but all, all, I think the first four games... Um, at halftime, every margin was less than five points. Exactly. So obviously, mm-hmm. in very well in every game. 
Exactly, yeah. and including the first time you saw Yale, which was a 41-39 game at halftime. Yeah. So what are the adjustments, Coach, in your mind, without sharing any state secrets, uh, for the Yale game on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it's the same. You know, Yale is um, obviously they're uh, one of the better – they're you know, they're one of the more talented teams in the Northeast. So uh, it's just, you know, it's about just the little things. I thought we started the game well. You know, we didn't have Geronimo in that game, so I think he could have helped us a little bit. Um, so I was happy that we were able to, to remain competitive with them for a long period of time. Um, we uh, we sort of broke down a little bit in the second half. Um, you know, I had to do some stuff, try to keep us competitive. They were just seemed to be able to score a little bit too easily against us. So we went a little zone, and then they just started making threes. So things fell apart there. But, you know, I think having Geronimo back and then, you know, having them at home, um, you know, the big focus for us right now is just really this Brown game. And then, you know, we'll just – you know, we'll really fine tune that and focus on what we're trying to do with Yale. But, you know, they're really good. And, you know, all these teams, these next five games are obviously extremely, they're a big challenge and an opportunity for us. Speaking of Geronimo, though, seven points away yep. uh, from 1,000 career points. So can you just um, speak about him and, and just, you know, his impact to this, um, you know, to the school and the program? Yeah, you know, I I wasn't, that's, I didn't realize he was that close. Um, he has been, he, that that kid has been an amazing um i mean he's a true columbia student he's a true columbia just athlete student athlete um he is a kid who sort of came in um you know we we got him during the covid time so he was very under recruited because no one had really seen him play uh, he came in and had to adjust to you know being in the city and being in a place like Columbia academically, and he had to embrace the fact that he was our best player as a freshman, and it's very hard to do. So he's made, he's just been a consistent force for us over the last two years and now, you know, into his third year. So, uh, you know, and to score a thousand points in, you know, his third year is hard to do in the Ivy League because, you know, you're, you're basically not playing the amount of games these other schools are playing. So he's probably you know, between 15 and 20 games down from what these other schools normally play. And what most schools play like between 31 and 35 games a year. So the fact that he's been able to do that in such a short period of time is really testimony to the type of kid he is, the type of competitor he is, and, you know, just his talent level. So it'll be exciting um, for him to get that thousand points and just continue to move forward. And picking up on that point, coach, uh, it, it, you know, this is kind of an interesting question because with I feel like with a lot of teams, there's like your top two, three star players. Right. Uh, and then you're kind of like my question is going to be about like who are kind of those guys that are doing all the little things uh, that people may not know so much about. But on this team, I mean, you guys have six players, as Steve Merrill pointed out in the notes that he sent to us, uh, six guys averaging eight or more points per game. I mean, even to have, what is it, I'm counting through right now, seven, eight, nine, ten guys that average at least four and a half points a game. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily have to be from a scoring standpoint, but who are those guys, uh, if you want to speak to it, who have just done the things, whether or not they play a lot of minutes or whether or not they're on the bench just communicating, trying to be, you know, that extra little thing that gets you guys over the top? Yeah. And that's a great question. Um, you know, the guys on the court, uh, you know, we, our roster right now, I believe we have 13 eligible guys to play. Um, so we've played probably between 10 and 11 guys in most of the games it, to be really honest with you, the guys that have done the greatest job for our team has been like Robbie Stankard. Um, you know, he's been in a couple of games, but hasn't been able to just because of the way the rotation has been set. Um, he has made us better and done so many different things in practice uh, due to some limitations that we've had. Maybe we've had guys hurt or if we've had guys that haven't been able to practice at certain times, the kid has played every position in practice without the point guard. I know he wants to probably be a point guard, but I'm never going to let that happen. <laughs> but he literally has played every position in practice. He knows every position. Um, he's extremely competitive. He keeps the guys going and he's, his leadership has really just been invaluable. And then the other two things you know, Rich Nowacki has been hurt, so he has, he's has he been on the side doing a lot of stuff for us. But um, the other two freshmen, I mean, uh, in the last couple of years, the two Nico's been playing a little bit, and Arope has been able to get into a, a couple of games. But, again, because of the rotation, um, in years past, those two guys, you know, I would have thrown those guys in because we just were young, and I just wanted to get him some experience. But those guys have been able to learn and 
you know, they have really fit in very well. And the progress that I'm seeing from them has really helped. Like, I think Nico has really helped Avery. Um, he's really, Nico's an extremely competitive kid who practices hard every day. I think he annoys Avery to the point where he's actually, you know, he has to come in and play hard. And then a rope, he's really, I mean, his talent level has really started to shine through. It, he's really embraced the idea of all the different things that he has to learn. Um, so it's been fun to see that. So I think those three guys, that they don't get a lot, they, don't, they haven't gotten into a lot of the games, but I think because of the way they've sacrificed and the, um, and the attitude that they've shown and the leadership they've shown, they've allowed the other guys just to focus on what they can focus on, and it's really made us a better team. That's awesome. I have to add, uh, Robbie's mom makes very good cookies. Uh, very good cookies. <laughs> Steve, see? And yeah. you didn't want to put the headset on before this podcast. Well, I'm going to call you out. Mojo. No, you're not going to interrupt my mojo. I don't want to carry the whole thing the whole time. But that is an amazing ad. That's exactly that is, that's exactly why you need in. to be on every podcast. I had to. I had to get that in. Because <laughs> we, we play a lot of games up by uh, where up he's from. New England, so. yeah. she, she, mm-hmm. And he always comes in with a tin. And yeah. I actually, he, I asked him for one. He normally <laughs> is very like selfless with that. He'll always come up and give me one and i saw him with the tin i don't remember what game it was and he did not come up and give me one and i walked back there and i said can i get a cookie and he's like i don't have a lot and I, said, I don't have a lot i was like so I just, and he, My he gave he gave it up he got wow. it wow you know when the cookies come from your mom it's like you can get more right. like you're not getting these cookies uh you know every day here imagine being hesitant to give your head coach a cookie though like, well, that's how good they are that's though. So good. i mean that's funny I didn't blame him. That <laughs> <laughs> was fine. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, coach, on that note, well, actually, no. I have to ask, what kind of cookies does she make that are so amazing? I've had the chocolate chip. Uh, a, yeah, it's right? chocolate chip. And then there's there's some like um, raisin, mm. you know, some, it's, they're just very, very tasty. Yeah. You know. We got to, we got to put a deal together. She's got to sell these in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, uh, like an NIL. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this would be incredible. On that note, uh, coach, really appreciate you taking some time today to come in and talk to us. Like we said, uh, men's basketball at home this weekend, two games, Friday night against Brown at 7 p.m. That's International Students Night, student giveaway. And then Saturday, less than 24 hours later at 6 p.m., it's Heroes Day, Columbia versus Yale. All active uh, military veterans, members, FDNY, NYPD receive complimentary tickets via the Heroes program. And you can redeem those tickets if you are one of those individuals by calling the ticket office at 888-LINES-11. And don't forget, students, if you're listening to this, the first 250 students in attendance will receive a free t-shirt. And one student will go home, Aaliyah, with... Stroko's gift card? No. Oh. <laughs> That's Friday night. A JBL speaker. JBL speaker. <laughs> Come on, Aaliyah. The JBL speaker. The JBL speaker. Oops. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Aaliyah's looking forward to it. Steve, you better be looking forward to it. And uh, Coach. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. All right. Me. Yeah, no <laughs> problem. I'll talk to you. Thanks. All right. Aaliyah, Steve. That was a great episode. That was a great episode. Steve, how was your first episode? Great time. Enjoyed it. You coming um, back next week? Sure. Oh my sure. god! Wow. It's a it's a three way podcast sure. now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he adds tri-host. on about yeah tri hosts. I, mean, I like that. Both teams are away next weekend, right? So yes, but don't worry, Steve. <laughs> we will still have an episode. We're actually okay. going to interview you. Okay, I yeah. was thinking about <laughs> it. I was going to say our time to shine now. You know? Oh yeah, it is. It is. But yes, Steve. As you said, both teams will be on the road next weekend. But right now, the focus is on this weekend. Uh, three games, as we've talked about, the men's basketball team home tonight, the uh, day that this episode will be coming out. So if you're listening to this on the release day, it's Friday morning, and uh, the men's basketball team will be home tonight at 7 p.m. against Brown. And then we have the Columbia basketball doubleheader on Saturday. The women at 2 p.m. It'll be senior day. Uh, it's Princeton. It's sold out. Uh, that game's on ESPN+. Plus. If you can't make it. And then at 6 p.m., the men's basketball team will be taking on one of the uh, one of the co-leaders of the Ivy League in Yale, and that game. Talking to our ticket manager, Amanda Goodwin, or sorry, assistant AD for ticket operations, Amanda Goodwin. I don't want to short change your title there. Um, that game, she said the crowd is looking amazing for that game too. Yeah, so. very very excited. Big weekend ahead. Big weekend ahead. Big weekend ahead. Aaliyah, Kyle, what was your favorite part of this episode? Um. This <laughs> the story of Peter from <laughs> from um from the foreign tour. That was that was yes. great. Great insight there. Yes. So. You know the visual, I don't know if I can escape, but great insight for sure. Uh Steve, 
What was your What was your favorite part of your first episode? Um, the the cookies. Oh, the, the cookie cookies. story. I mean, you just provided so much for us right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. You provided so much. Because how would we know that? You know, like not no. not being the SID. So that's the why insider. we need it. Yeah, yeah, that's why we need it. You're the, the insider, and now we know Absolutely. she makes she makes chocolate chip, right? Yeah, raisin. Raisin. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Does she make macadamia nut? I don't know. Okay. I'll have to find out. I mean, Robbie's only a junior, so we still have next season. We do still have next season, but so. also, you know, Robbie, if you're listening, <laughs> what I can't believe. Bring us some cookies yeah. on your scooter. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> really. I mean, you don't, your mom, you don't even live that far away, right? <laughs> Where's he from? Robbie? Yeah. Uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, you're not yeah. even that far away. Come yeah. on. Come there on. we go. Come on, guy. Um... I can't promise if the fans are listening there will be any cookies for you from Robbie Stankard and his mom, but, you know, we'll let you know if the concessions change, uh, if the concessions change this weekend. But that being said, we for will, a le- oh, oh I was just going to say, we'll see you this weekend. We'll see you this see weekend. See you this weekend. Oh, we'll see you this weekend. Uh, that's Aaliyah Funchell. I'm Kyle Matrician, Steve Merrill, Behind the Glass. Uh, this is the Morningside Hoops podcast. You can listen to us on all the major podcast platforms that include Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. If you can listen to a podcast, you can find us. Just search Columbia Athletics and Morningside Hoops to find our basketball episode. Once again, Aaliyah, Steve, looking forward to this weekend. Same here. Yep. Thanks for having me, guys.